Hey guys, welcome to episode 47 of Bono Stuff. Uh, I got Tina Turner on in the background here, hopefully doesn't get me flagged for anything. A really cool cover of Led Zeppelin's Whole Lot of Love that I listened or, or heard about uh, from Tignataro, one of her podcasts, um, when they were talking about the Tina Turner documentary, which we haven't watched yet. I'm curious to see that sometime soon but let's get to the episode at hand number 47 with a friend i played high school football with arthur mcfarlane um he gets into some of the projects he's working on uh and yeah it was just a fun conversation we touched on some really deep topics uh we did touch on a lot of racism in america and and i got some very interesting feedback after posting on the youtube um channel so this is now i'm posting on the audio only if you're listening to this, so appreciate you checking it out. Uh, if you did get some use out of this, I would love your feedback, especially with a topic uh, as deep as uh, kind of the racist stuff that we, we dive into and, and touch on. Um, again, you know, there's, there's no solutions in, in the right in front of our faces just yet, but I think having conversations hopefully helps us move in a slightly better direction with each one. And uh, that was the main intent of doing this and just exploring and hopefully coming up with some good stuff that might be useful to somebody out there. Um, so if you got some use out of it, if you can share it, like, subscribe, uh, leave a leave a review or just send me some direct feedback. Tell me some stuff you didn't like or, or ways I could have handled things better. Um, again, a good friend of mine did share some stuff with me where I could have I could have done better and I'm always looking to do better. So Appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoy this one. And check out Tina Turner's Whole Lot of Love cover. Very cool cover. Uh, Yeah, talk to you soon and hope you get 1% better with this episode. Hey, guys. We are live here with my buddy, Arthur McFarlane. And are you tripped out yet by the reverse? Man, kind of. (laughs) It's white. See, yeah, all right. Yeah, there you go. There you go, yeah. It's like, yeah, I kind of got used to it a little. Lexi is over there barking. Uh, Arthur McFarland here. Uh, I was looking back at my Bono stuff here, podcast and uh, video show, whatever this is, on YouTube. And uh, again, I just like to have good conversations with good people. Um, And I was looking back at it. Ironically, I don't know. We were just talking about uh, how we know each other, Brooklyn Technical High School. And uh, I think you're like the, at least the 10th guest I've had out of 47. I think you're number 47. Yes, and I think at least 10 Brooklyn Tech people. I got to double check the math. But anyway, uh, we were talking about racism in America, you know, very light topic to start it all off. Um, and Light. yeah, <laughs> and we're drinking some Negronis. Cheers yeah. again, my friend. Um, and we are here in Colorado. Um, and yeah, I moved here a few weeks ago. I hadn't seen this guy. He's been super busy. So I said, hey, why don't we just jump on, have an excuse to hang out, come see the crib, hang out with the wifey, the doggy. And here we are. So, uh, and and also we were on our Brooklyn Tech football monthly catch up. We're kind of a men's group, if you will, pseudo. <laughs> however, you talk about that. I've talked about a few men's groups on a few episodes. I have another guest coming up next month in May, which is right around the corner. Uh, Dan Doty uh, talking about some different concepts around men's groups and and where what he's done mm-hmm. in the evolution of that. Um, yeah. So we were on, and, and Arthur was kind of catching us up on some of the stuff he has going on so you know i want to dive into it and one of the things um that really stood out for me was uh you're talking about some film projects you have coming up yeah 
and you mentioned in the vein of the Watchmen series right. uh, and uh, Lovecraft Country. I haven't seen Lovecraft Country, but Watchmen, I was a huge fan of. And the Tulsa, uh, what was what was the Tulsa Massacre? The Tulsa Massacre. Yes, I didn't want to mess it up. Um, for those not familiar, if you haven't seen it, if you're not familiar with it, and it, it is one of those things that until that came up, like I was not ever taught that. Right. So it's one of those things that, you know, you might, you might've seen some of the videos from the Martin Luther King days um, and, you know, uh, horse uh, hoses and, and dogs and, and things like that with the police. But uh, this 1912 thing is a pretty significant part of history where again, people start talking about, and I, I don't want to do this any injustice. So I'm, I'm going to say my part and I'm going to let Arthur educate us <laughs> on, on the majority stuff. His project was another one of these, kind of moments that again does not get talked about or taught in uh, American society school whatever but uh, again they did such a great job of the Tulsa massacre uh, you know of, of highlighting it and again bringing it to people's attention that uh, definitely excited to, to see where you go with it but um, yeah so tell us tell us your your project where, where you're coming from well the project is still pretty much uh, at the infant in its infancy if you will um, but basically, I wanted it to I wanted to take a pretty um, pop culture reference and tie it into how it affects us racially. Like, for instance, uh, when we talk about hunger and famine in other parts of the world, I would love to tie that in and how that correlates to the educational disparities that we have in the inner city in, in communities that are, are majority people of color and how much of a, of a disparity and a disadvantage they end up in um, because of the color of their skin or where they live and, with, and, and, and who they are perceived to be. And to actually bring in that level of desperation um, in education that correlates to, say, hunger or um, extreme poverty. Uh, because, you know, we do live in America. It is true. But unfortunately, not all things are equal in America. And I'm sure, uh, Bobo, you and your crowd, you're well aware of this. You guys might not know me as Bobo. That was my, my high school nickname. I got to college. They said, we're just going to cut that in half. You're now just Bo. I got my doctor. So I'm Dr. Bo. It's not my real name for anyone wondering. But anyway, you can call me Bobo. It's fine. Sorry. <laughs> That's Dr. Okay. Bo. Sorry, Dr. That's Bo. Okay. Hey, Dr. Bobo, it's fine. <laughs> years and years of conditioning. We just mm -hmm. did this all the time. I um, still have friends from junior high school who never even knew me as Bobo, so they know me by my by my government name. Um, and you know, we dare not we dare not say it. No, we can't. No. Sure. I mean, you can, but like, I won't be happy about it. Okay. No, we don't we're want. We're gonna we're gonna have fisticuffs. <laughs> we don't want Doctor Bobo. Doctor Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, angry and upset, so we'll just keep you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> he's Definitely wearing green, green right now. now, yeah. He's actually wearing green. Um, and so <laughs> that's kind of the, the, the style I wanted to go in, and um, even considering how connected um, leadership is in the black community from generation to generation, to understand that Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass were in the same. Uh, generation, and then you fast forward and you think about Marcus Garvey, W.E.B. Du Bois, and Booker T. Washington, um, all in that same generation, and they were still alive when Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King 
were starting to gain traction in the civil rights movement. To see that kind of connection, that kind of way that black civil rights had um, began to intertwine in of itself, would love to explore that as well and to really dig it a little deeper into um, how the black community traveled in time through the American experience. Now, Lovecraft Country, Watch the Watchmen have done an excellent job in tying uh, racial tension with science fiction, mm -hmm. comic book heroes, Watchmen, and horror, with, which is Lovecraft Country. And what was interesting, I brought this up in our, our men's group with our football team, and I don't know you if you're aware of this, what a, a, a sundown town. Right, that was that was what you started talking about. I was like, oh, like, and again, I, I was, I'm aware of my ignorance. Um, and, and so again, when like, I, I learned about um, the Tulsa massacre and now the sundown, um, which again, I guess, you know, I think I'd heard of different versions of that in terms of like Green Book, yeah. kind of felt like it touched on that. Yeah. Um, for those who haven't seen Green Book, it, I, did it win the best picture a few years ago? Yeah, best picture, so. best writer, one of those two, yeah, absolutely. And, and I've heard criticisms on both sides of it like kind of over glorified or whatever, or it, it, it didn't tell the story quite that great, but I think they found maybe a happy medium of, of kind of Hollywoodizing it, if you will. Right. Um, but yeah, that seemed to be the kind of thing, like he was traveling, um, you know, all all over the place. And, and uh, I think some of the criticism was Viggo Mortensen's guy was Italian and he, like, yeah. they kind of let him get away with uh, all this, these kind of terms and things like that. So anyway, I, but yeah, at the end of the day, the sundown thing seemed to be there. And again, the concept of a green book of like, it's safe to go this place, that place, this place, right. avoid Tuscaloosa or what, I don't know. I, I don't know if that was one of the places. I'm just guessing pulling that name out of out of nowhere, out of nowhere, <laughs> out of somewhere. But, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, and, and yeah, so uh, very. So you, I, tell us more about the sundown. I mean, just so you can clarify. So um, I love this because Lovecraft Country kind of delved into it a little bit deeper and they spent an entire episode of the main characters uh going on a road trip because um, one of the main characters, the uncle, um, is actually one of the publishers and editors of the Green Book. Mm. And so, he, um, of course, it's a fictional character. It's not based on, uh, it's not a real character, but it is based on right. um, how they created the Green Book. Uh, Brain Soul would um, go out and travel to mm. these different parts of towns and literally get a feel in person to figure out is this a good town for mm -hmm. us based on how they treat me and yeah. sure enough they got into a town and <laughs> by no means mm. was it a, a, a town that was meant for them and basically uh they got ran out of that particular town and right into another and it was there that a sheriff and again mm -hmm. this ties into one of the things that we're dealing with now between, you know, police brutality, people of color, Black Lives Matter and things like that. And of course, a sheriff comes in and says, hey, what are you doing on the side of the road? Oh, we had, and, you know, they had a legitimate reason to stop. They were trying to, you know, get, you know, look at their map. Now they had a whole map, physical map, <laughs> and they needed to get their bearings and figure out what road marker was doing what. 
They didn't have a phone, no GPS, nothing like that. They had a read. And the, the sheriff said, hey, listen, um, you have until 7 o'clock to be out, 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 of out, town. Yeah, out of the city limits or we will kill you. We will kill you dead. And that was the horror of it. I mean, and he said, don't let me pull you over for anything. And so basically they had to drive as perfectly as they could because, of course, the sheriff was behind them waiting for them to mess up. And they had to get out of town before sunset. Because there are there are still um, as a matter of fact, I think I was listening to NPR, and there are still some towns to this day that have the signs up mm. that say "N word, be out of town mm. by sundown," and they're not. Of course, this, the billboard is not going to describe exactly what will right. happen to you, but we are talking about. The 1930s, <laughs> 40s, and 50s. Sorry, Lexi is. Uh, she she seems to really like Arthur, so <laughs> she jumps up on him. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that is Sundown Town, and it, it, it in uh, Lovecraft Country, they tied a a particular um, horror movie trope mm. to that. I think we can say episode. spoiler alerts if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a spoiler alert. And I, didn't want to, <laughs> I, don't, I, I wanted somebody to go and see it, but basically they're tying vampires mm-hmm. that live at night mm. with the sundown town. And so it's kind of that trippy thing, but it's done very, very well. It was, a, it was nominated for a few awards mm-hmm. as well. Got a lot of notoriety, and it keeps going. Um, and it's almost an anthology. Each episode deals with a certain aspect of the racial experience in the 50s, like buying a house in the wrong neighborhood, mm-hmm. things like that. And so um, I want to, now that that has opened a door, I believe that it's the, uh, this is our opportunity to explore that even further and even look into different angles and other experiences that people of color, and it doesn't always have to be, you know, African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can talk about the immigrant experience. We can talk about uh, Hispanic and Latina and Latino Americans. Let's not forget Asians with and all the Asians right now. With some stuff what, going what's on. going on? They have a deep history. Let's not talk about um, uh, Chinese immigrants during um, what was it, the eighteen hundreds when they were building the railroads and the railways from East Coast to West Coast and how involved they were in in that um, dispelling the myths of the wild west i think that's a very important story to tell uh, i don't know if you know this but you know <laughs> cowboys weren't white <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know that's mm-hmm. hard to explain you know it's hard to fathom seeing that all of our john wayne john and waynes and clint eastwoods were the were the stars of our our western movies but that wasn't the wild west um and so matter of fact the wild west was way more progressive than hollywood would lead you to believe right and so um um but that wasn't that wasn't something for a 1950s audience to not at all (laughs) or or even 60s or even 70s or even 80s yeah we can (laughs) maybe 90s maybe not even 90s no no (laughs) not even really today um (laughs) we could say you know so yeah it's uh super interesting stuff and and again like uh you know I don't know. I I, I want to go down the political side of it and talk about the the orange man that was running things for the last four years or whatever. 
Um, and we get into it on some of our groups. And again, some guys are for him, some guys are against him. And, and you know, that's the nature of things. And we're able to, I, I, I'm probably the one who gets most vocal. Um, <laughs> um, I'll, I'll admit to that. And, um, and then, you know, then we can, you know, at the end of it, we're like, okay, cool. We're all still, you know, boys. Um, and so, but I do want to talk about it of, of you know, both of us being kind of, let's say, anti-Trump. Um, I, I, I will. <laughs> um, and, and one of the main reasons for me that, again, when I get into these conversations, we have, uh, we touched on this uh, on one of our last calls. I won't say the guy who specifically was supporting him. Uh, I don't want to out anybody. Um, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure if you had that conversation, you'd be happy to talk about it. But, um, and I highly doubt he's going to watch this, so that's okay. Um, but again, you know, we talk about, uh, economic things, financial things, mm -hmm. um, understanding, you know, Republican versus Democrat, mm -hmm. different policies, which is its own thing. But at the end of it, I think that, you know, this one of the memes I went around is like, we can, and again, I've heard this from people I've, I've been very close with in the last, uh, during that presidential term of, we can agree to disagree about this. And I said, no, we, we can't agree to disagree about racism. And right. like, again, I, you know, I hate sounding, you know, I feel like, A, for those who watch my channel, like I don't touch on these things very often, um, you know, but at, we have to have these conversations and that's yeah, it absolutely. and just continue to put it out there. And again, those people who try to agree to disagree with me, if, if you happen to be watching again, I'm, I, I'm, I want to find a way to have that conversation. But yeah, we can agree to disagree about pizza toppings sure. or, you know, sure. does this shirt make me look whatever. Right. But um, but yeah, not racism it's, it's or homophobia or trans rights yeah, absolutely um and absolutely. again we had some guys on that call who like didn't necessarily know a lot about trans right that we talked about last time and, and you know a few people on there were like hey like this is where that came from same thing when we're talking about this sundown um phenomenon or sundown town sundown town mm -hmm. uh these things and and and, and the, the one thing i was going to say about the um tulsa massacre for those who haven't seen watchmen who are not going to watch watchmen uh, the interesting thing there is, again, that was historically, and, and again, correct me, you know, you, have, you probably have a little more knowledge about the situation than I do, but uh, it was black people were trying to create their own Wall Street. And again, sometimes, you know, some of the criticisms of white America is to like, why don't you guys just go find your own place? And that's kind of what was trying to happen in 1912. 1912. 1912. And, and they weren't necessarily creating their own Wall Street. It was coined the Black Wall Street simply because that particular community had so many people of, that were well-off, wealthy business owners, mm -hmm. things like that. It's a great term. Um, but essentially, it's just a neighborhood that became extremely uh extremely affluent and um self-sufficient rich in the sense of you know when you know cities and the economics that go into building towns and incorporate and incorporated um communities um the town was very well off at their own airport some of those uh people uh, were able to fly their own planes mm -hmm. drive their own cars have their own businesses what was very interesting about Tulsa, Oklahoma, and that part of Tulsa was the tale of um, the other side of the tracks. And the other side of the tracks, if you will, was reversed this time. Mm. So now the, the black side of town was affluent, wealthy, furs, 
fine arts, um, movie theaters, um, or um, um, music halls, uh, you, the works, you name it. Anything that you can think of in a well-off community like Rodale Drive in Beverly Hills, they had it. And across the tracks where the white community had, they were poor, they were broke, they were destitute. Um, and in that moment, those moments, and instead of uh, a coming together, if you will, mm -hmm. it was, why can't I have what they have? Right. And then it became what we now know as the Tulsa Massacre. Yeah. And uh, yeah, again, for those who haven't seen it, uh, please check it out. Thank you, Lexi. She was, if you guys didn't know, that was not me just doing crazy stuff. Right. That was the dog. Um, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't growling over all these hot, 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 hot yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> another show that I don't know if you've seen it, Fargo, the most recent uh, season no, with Chris Rock. Yeah, I think it was in the 50s. Uh, I think it was, uh, it wasn't in Minnesota, it was, uh, I think it was Kansas City. Mm -hmm. It was Kansas City, and I, it, I think it was based uh, loosely on some truth. And so, uh, Chris Rock plays a they, they, they cover uh, racial kind of wars a little bit interesting too. And they had the Italian and Irish and then the black community came in um, and they show that. They, I, again, I think that's a really good one if you haven't checked it out. I haven't. Um, I really enjoy, uh, A, all the seasons of Fargo were really cool, but this last one talk uh, really de delved into that racial component. Mm -hmm. And again, Chris Rock trying to become like a legitimate, uh, he was a like, mafioso, if you will, but he goes to the bank and comes up with this idea of a credit card, pretty much. Uh -huh. And the bank's like, I don't think our people will ever do that. Um, and of course, uh, then, you know, they kind of steal the idea and because and, they didn't want to whatever. But but again, I do recommend that one um, for, from a racial perspective. So, yeah, the the Tulsa massacre, man, it, it's yeah. It's, uh, now, now, think about this. Let's talk about how because we. Uh, a lot of a lot of times I hear about things saying to the to the, to the um, tone of history repeating itself. Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. now let's go to the Capitol insurrection. Mm -hmm. The this January sixth, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one, where day that will live in infamy. The orange guy, the orange. convinced people that people of color stole the election. That was the same idea. Those black people are so wealthy because they stole what mm -hmm. you had. Right. And what in terms happens? They come in and they take it back as violently as they know how. Right. Same exact thing. We're going to go and march into that capital and we're going to demand and we're going to intimidate and we're going to break stuff until we get our way. Mm -hmm. And that's the same concept of, I'm gonna say entitlement, the same concept of supremacy. White privilege. Privilege, yep. Go there. It's that, it's that same idea, that same seated idea that breeds that level of, of vitriol. I won't even call it hatred yet. Mm. Because when, if you guys get a chance to watch um, uh, The Watchmen, there was something very profound here. They said, we don't hate black people. We just want to make sure we end up on top. Right. That's our job. Right. And so that's the, that is 
that 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 slight little angle that they they get into mm-hmm. where racism is running rashad all over the place mm-hmm. eugenics the fault the, the lies and the myths about black bodies and mm-hmm. and, and and latina body latinx bodies right to to prove a point of superiority it's right. not even about hating me right it's about proving a superiority that isn't even there an interesting thing that brings up for me is again where i'm I, I kind of enjoy these uh movie references if you will and and jojo rabbit did you see that one yes I did. yeah so they do i think they did one of the better jobs of you know taking uh the you know the, the child's imagination mm-hmm. and showing how they portrayed the jew um and uh, you know oh, they have horns coming out of their head yep. and, and all these things and again that's where you know we saw some of these things on uh the black minstrels yes. and and the stereotypes uh eating watermelon and yes. and uh yes i don't know if i can even do that yeah yes massa and like yep. and i got i'm not even not even done but uh and blackface in general as as just a whole and and again blackface is something that uh you know what's his name uh jimmy kimmel did as carl malone Right. You know, and and uh, Canadian presidents uh, or was he prime minister, president uh, Justin Trudeau? Yeah. Apparently, he did. You know, stuff right. like that, which again is, is still modern day stuff. Very sensitive because what's yeah. tied into blackface is it's not a black actor mm. playing the part; it's a white actor playing the part, and then the white actor is literally painting his face black. And nailing every single caricature and exaggerated trait and exaggerated uh, trope of what they think <laughs> is Black America for the masses. So then when they see a real Black person, then the expectation is for me with my Yankee cap on and a polo <laughs> shirt on to say, yo, yo, homie, yo, nah, I mean, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, dog. And that's because there is an insistence on perpetuating a specific personality type attitude or, or anything like that to the masses. And that's when we get into this whole thing with police brutality, this whole thing with the Karen, <laughs> the Karen, yeah. you know, because they, we, we, America is taught to fear black skin so much so because of what's been pushed on on us you know you see me and you think dmx <laughs> rest his soul i i do not think dmx when i see him but thank you thank you frank thank you. for whatever that's right. well you 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 grew up in in, in well in, yeah we were talking about that a little bit before and yeah i mean i was one of the only white guys on a predominantly uh, black, uh, little Hispanic, little bit Asian football team. And again, the high school that we went to, Brooklyn Tech, uh, 5,000 kids pretty much every year. Uh, my class started with 1,200, I think 850, ended up graduating, something like that. And the racial uh, breakdown was something like 50%, 40% Asian, uh, maybe 20% uh, black, 20% white. Uh, and like 20% other, like, you know, Latin and, and all the other fun, no, no disrespect to any other, um, <laughs> West Indian. And like, we would have culture, a senior culture or cultural day or whatever. Right. And, and I think uh, something like 150 or 160 cultures and countries were represented 
um, you know, as, as they kind of like, oh, where, you know, what, what are you representing Ethiopia and what are you representing, um, you know, uh, Yugoslavia and like all these different things. So super, again, and Brooklyn in general, uh, you know, sometimes some of those things breed those lines of like, hey, you stay over there on that side of the tracks, you know, the, or the metaphorical tracks or like, right. that's the Polish area. That's the Italian area. That's the black area. Like mm -hmm. versus, oh, we're forced to be in a school together, right? Um, and and you know, we have to figure out who we are. And again, for whatever it's worth, uh, when we were there, I mean, I I I'm happy to say, like I I and again, maybe I was blatantly unaware, and I'm sure there was racist stuff that happened, but like being on the football team, and again, just seeing that other than like one of our teammates got again arrested, like not arrested, but he got a handcuffed by the police, dragged off the football field. And uh, I, had, I had him on my uh, podcast a few episodes ago. Um, you know, they threw him on the ground, put him in the paddy wagon, all that stuff, because he fit the description yeah. of somebody who did commit a crime. Um, other than that, though, and again, is it racism? Is it not? I, I'm, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be uh, politically correct. Um, but again, from what my experience, and again, uh, you know, I, I had a few people try to, uh, a few black guys try to jump me as, as I went through Coney Island, um, which yeah, not the safest area. Uh, it is what it is. Right. Did not make me like come back and, and talk to these guys who I'm, you know, uh, competing on the football field with and be like, you know what? I don't like black people. Right. Um, because I would have probably got jumped in Coney Island too. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it is what it is on that side, but yeah, again, from the high school perspective, um, you know, again, I think I've heard stories of other places where people are spray painting the N word or whatever. And again, our high school, for whatever it's worth, during that time at least, I think uh, was relatively, I'd call it racially open <laughs> and racially accepting. And, and it was just like, you just can't, you know, it's, it's not like a jail thing. And again, in the lunchroom, which was huge and massive, right. um, you know, maybe you have a few clicks or whatever, but again, like, you know, we had the football table uh so you know there's a bunch of bunch of different races again like i said i might have been one of the only white guys uh my year for sure but you know we had a few um and, and so it definitely was a nice you know just i i had a few pictures i was looking at uh you know and i joke around it's like oh it's the united colors of benetton because i have like the asian person the indian person um me and then a black guy whatever so um and, and, and again, like looking back and traveling around the world, traveling um, and, and recently living in Orange County, which is quite a boat, um, not going to go too deep into that. And again, I, uh, a few people, again, I don't, I'm not looking to offend anybody, but um, yeah, I just from observation, just a lack of exposure yep. to culture. So when people are talking about these issues that are very, uh, you know, inflammatory, <laughs> if you will, and, and, and start to argue these racial things, if you're looking at it from an academic standpoint and you just don't have, you just don't know, and, and you've never been exposed to a black person. Again, my response to some of these people, I actually spoke with a police officer who was pretty high up in um, Orange County. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is as the riots are happening, protests are happening about a year ago. Um, and, you know, I pretty much got the sense he's almost never interacted with a black person. Wow. Um, you know, and again, like sometimes that's just how it is. Um, it happens that way, you know, and, and it, it, it might, you know, uh, as a police officer, he, the prob only experience he's probably had with black people in Orange County, which has a very small black population. Right. Um, you know, I joked around one time I was in the gym and I had like two black guys in the same gym. I was like, oh, my God, the only two black people in Orange County are here. Right. Wow. Uh, you know, like it was it was it was that, the black people. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. 
Um, and, and so uh, speaking to him, again, a, an officer who is a Trump supporter, you know, is a police officer, um, he was willing to listen. And, and, and again, I, what I said is like almost, and I said, not, I don't even know if it's almost, I think every single black person I know. And again, like if you're a black person watching who happens to know me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But I, the, the, the takeaway I had was every single black person I know has been harassed by the police. Like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever, and again, it's not like I, I speak with, I, I, again, I don't want to be that white guy who's like, I have black friends. Um, and, and you know, what, uh, what's that? Uh, I don't even know the term the, when you're like, uh, I'm, I'm right because I know people like, right. uh, whatever that term is, I can't think of it. It's, it. It was used all over last year as people were like trying to say they were right. Anyway, political arguments. But my point with all that was saying, um, yeah, like I think every black person I know has had that experience. Yeah. And, you know, me saying it, I don't think still had the power. I mean, he was taken aback. He's like, really? Like, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't think. And again, I know white people who've been pulled over by the right, police, right. you know, maybe late at night and whatever. Like, they had their stories. Um, I said it to someone else who was relatively close to me, that, and their response was like, well, so-and-so's uncle was pulled over and harassed. And so they're talking about a white person. I'm like, okay, that's one to like seven million or whatever. You know, and I'm like, it, it, I, that's the stuff that just drives me like, when can we have a real conversation right. about some of this stuff? And again, um, you know, you go down some of the, the statistical rabbit holes and like people on both sides talking points. And again, I, uh, to the guy on our <laughs> on our call, uh, I'm not going to say his name. I'm not going to call you out. Um, but yeah, he said he'd go on YouTube. He doesn't like mainstream media. Right. And he would go on YouTube and try to listen to both sides. I don't know how much I believe him on that. And again, even when you're talking about both sides, the truth usually is somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, again, like, I don't want to go on this whole me, you know, again, as a white guy and, and uh, the other joke we make, and I'm going to say it here, whoever's watching, whatever of like, it's really hard to be a white guy in 2021. Um, you know, like, yeah, like it's, it's a crazy thing to think about. Um, but yeah, it, so it's just, I, and, and again, you know, I was trying to reach out to people like Arthur, like, Hey, like, are you okay? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, is there anything, and you know, it, and that was one of the things that again, a lot of white people, as everyone started buying anti-fragility mm -hmm. or sorry, uh, anti-racism, mm -hmm. um, and, and things like that. And, and again, th there's a lot of white people trying to do the right thing, right. just didn't know what to do. And they might have some black friends right. and things like that. And, and they would come out and say stuff like, you know, what can I do? And, you know, again, if, if, if you're a white person watching, um, it's not up to one black person to tell you, um, <laughs> you know, you're putting a lot of pressure on them. Like they don't necessarily know what to do. So again, I'm going to throw that out there. And again, I don't know if you had that experience or, or I'd love to hear, you know, I'm talking way too much. The, the fact <laughs> of the matter is what the anti-racism part is to destroy. I mean, it's going to destroy a millennia of thought that people are different based on the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. um, and there is there are differences, don't get me wrong. However, those differences need to be appreciated and understood and not feared, um, not weaponized mm -hmm. um, and not taken advantage of. Uh, it's just interesting as well. We were just looking at a little, uh, speaking of both sides of the news, mm -hmm. CNN just released an article about uh, doctors trying to destroy medical myths that still exist today 
uh, for black people. Like for instance, black people have weaker lungs is a myth. Uh, black people have thicker skin. That's a myth. Unfortunately, people still to this day believe in that um, these medical myths and take it as scientific and medical fact on autonomy, uh, not autonomy, but um, anatomy. And then we wonder why black people don't trust mm -hmm. doctors. It's because <laughs> They're looking at our doc. We're looking at our doctors believing in something that's absolutely false. And now we're like, and I'm supposed to believe that you think I have this, that, and the other. No. And so anti-racism is really destroying the things that separate us because of the lack of trust that has been developed over the years. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy at all. That's why you're hearing things like defund the police yeah. because it's an extreme solution against, again, we just talked about Lovecraft Country, against a system that was built to um, cage and, and and separate a group of people from another. And for the, and this is something that, again, uh, came up recently that I wasn't fully aware of is as, especially with the uh, Derek Chauvin trial and George Floyd, uh, a lot of, I've seen a lot of people talking about the fact that the police force was originated as a way to capture slaves exactly. and runaway slaves. Exactly. And that was the whole beginning of policing in America. Yeah. Um, so again, those, those are the roots, yeah. you know, and it's hard to come out of the roots. Um, and, and, you know, again, another interesting thing I'll share um, is I uh, mentioned it on our call, I think you were still on for that, of the um, Oprah Winfrey had a conversation series, and uh, I, I feel bad, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles, former NFL guy, and he has a popular YouTube series called The Uncomfortable Conversation, I believe is what it's called. Are you familiar with, with the yep. guy? And, yep. and what was it, do you know his name? I don't remember his okay. name. Okay, sorry, sorry guy. Um, he's a very large human, and I hope... Uh, you don't tackle me in person like that. Is it James Harrison thing? You remember that one? Yeah, that commercial? yeah, yeah. 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 Like, anyway, yes, whatever it is. But um, but the uncomfortable conversation, and he brings it up, uh, is very interesting. And again, it is, let's have these uncomfortable conversations. And, and again, anybody coming here from my channel looking for health and fitness stuff, I appreciate it. Um, Arthur's over here answering to uh, his new girlfriend um, because, you know, that's how it goes. So... <laughs> And, and that's the same across all color lines, folks. Right. Um, we're going to just educate you there. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, the uncomfortable conversation, um, again, they had a few white people asking specific questions. Mm -hmm. And there was one guy who was a self-admitted kind of racist, but he was very open-minded. He was willing to have the conversation of he realized, like, as things came up, uh, he was like, yeah, I do have these deeply held beliefs and I'm willing to challenge them, which was an interesting thing. But uh, he kind of pushed back a little bit around um, systemic and, and all white people have it better and white privilege and things like that. And, and again, the, the point of that was a, that again, I, as a white person, like I go into a bank, that's going to be a different experience. Um, even if he has a million more dollars than me, mm -hmm. it's going to be a different experience just because of the color of his skin. He can't, so that's not something we can change. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, there's different examples of this, but then the other part of that conversation where, uh, our football player guy, um, he put, he, he responded basically saying, uh, 
again, anytime to, and you, you kind of said it earlier, but anytime you take power away from somebody who's used to having power, like they're not going to be happy about it. So it's not, again, that's, and again, you said that it's not necessarily that they hate black people. Right. Maybe they do. I, I think there's some, some level of like, whatever. And again, like it is what it is. Right. We're not going to try to mind read and, and whatever. And But yes, I think it, it all comes from insecurity. It comes, you know, the whole white power thing, like from my experience, you know, watching a bunch of the things and, and, uh, and experiencing and having conversations and trying to be open-minded with folks and be like, oh, like you're in the KKK. I haven't actually, I, you seen that one, um, chubbier, uh, black guy yeah. who infiltrated the KKK. Yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. Uh, thing. I forgot his name too. Sorry, guy. They made a movie out of it called uh, Black Clans. No, 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 not that one. No, this is a, a guy, a modern guy. Oh, um, he just passed it's a chubby guy though. He might have. He was on Joe Rogan like a year ago. Yeah. So I mean, he was. He did not look that healthy. Um. So <laughs> no, you know, not fat shaming. Although that's a whole different conversation. But um. But yeah, he was. He was. He was heavy guy. But he would go into and and have conversations with, uh, you know, guys in the KKK. But he would. He was a black guy, like right. just coming up, like, hey, I want to like, you know, talk to you. Yeah. And they were like, oh, like what? Like, and, and you know, <laughs> but he like convert a few of them like yeah he, he, he talks about some of the stories of like yeah because again it's breaking down those walls right. of you know the jojo rabbit of like oh black people have born or whatever it is right. of like these beliefs um and again like you know i don't anticipate that this video is going to get to a kkk person who <laughs> is going to be like oh okay like yeah arthur's not so bad these a black and a white person get along so like it's fine um maybe i'll change my mind no uh the uh, black KK Klansman was actually pretty close to here yep. in Colorado, Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. um, and but it was set in the 70s, I think. It was, so. And it was based on true story. Um, but he couldn't go as a black man and meet with right, uh, right, the, the right, KKK. Right, that's but, right. So that's why they had to have Adam Driver's character. That's right. That's right. Um, so you got it confused. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, yeah so you know who you're talking about though. The, mm -hmm. the bigger guy. Yeah. Yep. I can't think of his name either. But um, but yeah, it's it's been some interesting stuff. So let's go back to your movie project and what you want to get kind of off the ground so back to so you want to tell the story of the sundown um i want i want i mean it's, i think the story of the sundown has been done very well as as, as an episode right like that what i would like to do is um begin to do say uh, and it's going to be a project project it won't be something in a movie like one movie at all i think if you will it's almost like a cinematic universe if you will um, to watch so that we can tell the story of how our black real life heroes mm. are so entwined with each other, like Harriet and Frederick Douglass. They are a lot closer and more entwined than you think. Mm. Um, like Du Bois, Garvey, and, and, and Washington. They're way more entwined than you think. Or even uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. They're way more entwined. Matter of fact, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and the Black Panthers are way more entwined mm. than you think. And again, this is the tactics of uh, divide and conquer mm. to make the world believe, make us believe, make history believe that these men were butting heads and had um, were at each other's throats, mm -hmm. which was the furthest from the truth. As a matter of fact, um, going through the philosophy of W.B. Du Bois, who insisted that Black people, people of color, can be just as smart and as capable, as mm -hmm. educated as white people uh, are, um, he achieved that. 
he earned a doctorate at Harvard, was the first African-American to earn that doctorate, and proceeded to then um, push the creative and intellectual excellence and genius of Black America, which in turn spawned the Harlem Renaissance. While he was doing that, he had Booker T. Washington starting the Tuskegee Institute. Mm. And Booker T. Washington himself um, was saying that Black people are just as good at trade as anybody in the world. Matter of fact, we should be basically monetizing our skill and skill set as slaves. Mm. No one knew how to pick cotton like Black people. <laughs> No one knew how to sew. No one knew how to, to repair shoes. No, no, no one knew how to lay track. No mm-hmm. one knew how to farm like black people. There should be no reason why we shouldn't create it as mm-hmm. a trade and in turn earn wealth that way. Let's fast forward to today. Okay. Think about how what black person has a respectable, and it, I'll put it in quotes, a, a trade that has gained them immense wealth to and then impart high levels of education and opportunity for the Talking about basketball? Exactly. <laughs> basketball, football. Yeah. yeah. That is that that is a path that Booker T. Washington mm. grant no granted. Mm. But that path also did what does what? Takes most of them through college, mm. which gives them that college experience, which they in turn possibly pass down to their kids. That might ne- not necessarily be as gifted as they are athletically Mm. but now that person has all the resources to send their kids through the the education and realizing their their dreams so it's all happening all at the same time right right now as we speak yeah it's really interesting of like like you're saying the 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 interwoven web if you will but yeah yeah, i mean over a long oh here comes lexi over a, a long term it is starting to you know even out the playing field um, and I believe it was a James Baldwin quote that I, I saw last year, actually, as a, everything was going crazy, as the world was burning a little more than usual, um, was that pretty much no white person in America would want to trade places with any black person in America, uh, you know. Mm, to this day. To this day. I mean, again, like maybe somebody who's really low on uh, the totem pole and then maybe they would switch with LeBron James. I don't know. Uh, just cause he's got X amount of, you know, money, but, yeah. but still the, the, the point being around, uh, the, the privilege and again, being able to walk into, uh, an Institute, uh, and have that just whether it's hatred or fear and security of just, can you walk into that bank or, or whatever that setting is, or again, you're, you're walking down the street, you might be a black guy in a business suit, People, you know, people are still crossing the street because they're they're afraid of, right. of just black skin. Right. Um, and again, a lot of that comes from most of it comes from insecurity, ignorance mm-hmm. around just not having that exposure. Um, so that's yeah, that's one of my takeaways is, uh, you know, like and, and as I was having some of these debates with these blatant racists, um, you know, in the last year, I was just like, how many black people do you actually know? Right. Like, you know, you're talking over here about George Floyd had this in a system and trying to justify all that situation. I'm like, like, I mean, it makes you rub your head because <laughs> let's, let's just think about it. Let's just think about it. While we're talking about George Floyd having any type of op- opioid in his system, 
we are still in, we was at the tail end or in the middle of what? An opioid crisis, right? And it's considered an opioid crisis because the majority of people dying from over the opioid overdoses right. and addiction are white people. And there's video after video after video of these cops coming in, like Captain America, performing CPR, getting medical assistance, making sure that these people come out of it alive, mm. even with they, them knowing that they are overdosing on opioids. Mm. Now, let's flash forward to George Floyd. If he is having a, an episode because he's consumed opioids, then why are we why are we restraining him, handcuffing him, things like that? Why aren't we getting him medical assistance as soon as possible? Mm -hmm. If you want to say that he's having a medical uh, event, then why has wasn't he treated like any other human being mm -hmm. as having a medical event? Well, that was that was my response to some of the people trying to debate that point. I was right. like, if he was having a medical event, then maybe you should take your knee off the guy's neck. And let him die from the medical event. Like right. that's not what I'm rooting for. Right. But again, like you are, you just and, and a jury just found uh, a, was a few last week. That, and and did they do the sentencing yet? No, not yet. Not but yet. man, they did. The defense didn't help. They were like, <laughs> oh, it was the, the fentanyl in his they, system. I mean, how much? It was the it was the exhaust from the car. Right. That that but they, I mean, they, didn't, they didn't have a defense. Like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah, we'll see what the sentencing brings right. about, but, but yeah, at the end of the day, again, I was talking to some folks trying to defend this thing and this again, deep rooted racism or what have you, mm -hmm. um, of like, how can you justify somebody, one human being who's not, a, in, it was, does, does not have the right to kill another man. Like, again, I get sometimes again, speaking to, to my sheriff and Lexi, what are you, what are you doing there? Um, Speaking to okay, speaking to my sheriff friend in, in Orange County and a few other police officers, and actually a football player uh, from his year, uh, Brooklyn Tech 2000, is a is a police officer and he's very Republican. Um, and I don't know, have you spoken to you know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, uh, Ahmed. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he hasn't been on our men's course. Um, <laughs> if you happen to see this, Artola, uh, jump on there. I'm calling you out by name, but um, come on, man. <laughs> But, you know, and, and again, uh, one of our coaches, Coach Johnson, who is, works for NASA, no big deal. He is a black man um, from the South. And, uh, you know, he posts a lot about racial issues. Um, and, and, you know, we see a lot of comments happening underneath. Our toll is one to usually come in and defend the police. And, like, that was a justified, you know, kill or that, you know, he, had, he should have pulled his gun. Um, and, again, like, it was interesting having conversations with police officers about, you know, well, again, because some people, and I even heard it on Bill Maher uh, last week or whatever, of why couldn't they shoot them in the in the leg or whatever? And they're, it's like they're not trained. They're not they trained are, to do that. They're not trained to do that. It's cinemax. And also, what they're trained to do, because the idea isn't to protect and serve. Right. The idea as a police officer is to get home alive. They're training you mentally. Okay to survive in this world, not to serve and protect. They're training you to survive. And so there's also this, these training classes. I'm not sure if um, the, the police departments are paying for these things, but there's a training class out there that's, um, that the police probably on their own dime go to 
to defend themselves in the event that they are being attacked. And the idea, the big idea of this whole training class is that you have to act before you're acted upon. In mm. other words, kill or be killed, mm. okay? Do not assume that this person is not trying to kill you. You have to go into a situation believing that they can kill you at, at, at the blink of an eye. Yeah, and again, and you have to be ready. When someone goes into their pockets or reach for something, right. they might be reaching for ID or whatever. Right. But they could be reaching for they a gun. They could be reaching for a gun. So, I, yeah, and again, like the, the stress and uh, I, I can't even imagine what it's like being a police officer right. in those situations. And right. again, it is your life um, on the line every day. So, you know. So, um, yeah. Let me let me let me do this because I'm gonna color this because this is why I we believe that it's so racial. When you when a black guy's pulled over, they ask questions, even for a tail light traffic stop, whatever. What are you doing in this neighborhood? Where are you going? Is this your car? Are there any drugs or weapons in the car that I should know about? Um, why are you, and they repeat it to try to as, get as you're track. telling the story, and I've heard unfortunately I heard this story way too many times, right. but it also I think Neil deGrasse Tyson actually tells a story like this where he was going to and and uh, a physicist conference right of like all doctor you know doctorates and things like right. anyway but I, I didn't mean to cut in there now but. check this out now you're very familiar with this right because you've heard it before over Many and over times. again from black people right mm -hmm. i watched a video of two officers that were killed killed in action mm -hmm. killed on duty by a white guy the white guy had they were they the white guy had uh, expired tags and they were going to tow the car they were going to detain him, okay? And they were trying to detain him. They were pulling out of the car. They gave him ample opportunities to get out of the car peacefully, and he refused. And they were trying to pull him out of the car, which is justified, absolutely justified. He managed to reach under his seat, pull out a Glock, and he proceeded to end their lives. And his defense was he was terrified mm. for his life. This is a white guy. Mm -hmm. When I watched the video, I watched it twice, or I maybe watched it three times. They never asked him where he was going. Mm. They never asked him if this was his car. Mm. They never asked him, are there any drugs or weapons in the car that I should be worried about? Never did. And I want to believe, and I'm saying it now, and I can offend everybody on the, on the, who's <laughs> watching me. I want to believe they never asked him those questions because he was white. And essentially, in that moment, in that instance, it cost them. Mm. their lives because they saw the color of his skin and judged him completely differently than if he was another. Mm -hmm. Because every black person hears the same question over and over and over again, especially are there any drugs or weapons in the car that I should know about? Mm -hmm. And they never asked him that. And I watched it again just to make sure they did ask and he said no. They never asked him that. And he had a gun in, under his seat. And he used it on them. And then he deliberately, he shot them both. One was still alive. He deliberately a pointed aimed and shot him in the head and killed him instantly. And then ran away. Mm. And his excuse when they finally called to him mm. was that he was scared. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's why I would always point to a, a, a racist tent, if anything, because police officers also have discretion. We never can travel, drive a car, and follow traffic laws to the letter. 
we always break some rules somewhere, mm -hmm, somehow. Mm -hmm. We put our blanket on too late. Well, it was, was the, recent, the recent um, killing. Oh, uh, they had that, that, air, yeah, freshener they had air freshener on the, on the rear view. Which so, is a written law. It's a written law. Uh, but again, like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's something right. crazy. I have I have one. I don't I don't know if that's in Colorado, but um, I forgot what state they were in. But there, I think there's five five states after that story came out. Five states that do have that on yeah. the, on the books. On that, the books. Uh, if you can't have an air freshener hanging from your rear from, view mirror, of obstruction of view. Obstruction of view. So and that's what that's what this person got pulled. And this was a a black person. Right. Got pulled over and shot. So they always led to. Oh, and that was that the one with the taser where she she thought it was a she taser. She thought it was the taser and she right. Right. shot him with a gun. And again, tying to it, he um I think he was or his mom was um, connected to George Floyd somehow. Mm. So then you see how oh, yeah. that 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 connectivity. <laughs> yeah. Um. But again, we're breaking the law all the time. It's up to the police. Mm. They uh, in their discretion. To decide if they're going to even pull you over or not. Right. And usually, if it's a black person in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time, they're going to pull them over. They're going to find a reason. Um, they, the cop showed uh, a group of students how easy, how much, well, how much power he had. Mm. Pick a car, any car, and I bet you I can pull them over legally and with and with merit. Mm. And then if you follow them for two minutes, five minutes, he can right. pull them over for anything. And that's that's what happens. And so when cops say they're just doing their job. There's that great area of, of discretion. How many people get let off with a warning mm. for traffic stops versus how many people get shot and killed mm. for, for, for traffic stops? Things like that. Or DUIs. How many people in small towns mm. that are majority, mostly white, get a ride home? Right. How many times have you heard a white person, oh, but the cop gave me a ride home. I said, <laughs> they just told me to, you know what I mean? And then, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's really these stories and the color that we have to be clear about is that there is a, a, um, a notion of racism through and through. And in that particular story I just told you, that sense of, oh, he's one of us, he's safe, mm. is what got him killed. Because if they were just doing their jobs, like they tell us they were doing their jobs, they would have asked the question and they may have gotten the, they may have gotten the answer they needed yeah. to then protect themselves, call right. for backup, approach it differently. Mm -hmm. But they didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think we went deep enough okay. on, on this one. Um, I, I do, I, I, to, to the original kind of movie concept. So uh, I did want to, again, as much as we've gone down some en energy paths, <laughs> um, and it's tough topics to talk about, but again, that's that uncomfortable conversation that I think hopefully... Uh, somebody can see and, and, and move them in some positive direction in the long run. Uh, but yeah, Orange Man, back to him, former president. Um, he was trying to actually, and again, I'm sure I have a feeling you follow the story. I might be prejudging that you follow the story. Um, but he, he was trying to actually remove, like by federal mandate, a lot of different educational components of history, mm -hmm. um, which is, seems a little crazy. Um, and again, I don't know if the mainstream media was, was totally misrepresenting it. I did not look that deeply into it because I don't have kids in school. Um, it sounded a little crazy to me. Uh, it sounded very 
I'm going to say it, Naziist, uh, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. propaganda, whatever, of yep. like, oh, I don't want people teaching the Tulsa massacre. Right. Because... No, yeah, he was going... Um, the Times Magazine uh, created a a um, educational... Um, oh, it's 1619, the podcast? Yeah, yeah, 1619, yeah. about yeah. the first uh, boat that came over with, with the first slaves right. from Africa. Literally taking it and going from there and uh -huh. having right. that whole stream mm -hmm. of thought put into our education. Why? Because the New York Times discovered that in the South, it was, things were already being done. Right. So when we talk about history, Black people now in some history books are ha are America's happy helpers, mm. and they are, and it's implied that Black people had came came over voluntarily mm. to help build America. Right when that's categorically false, <laughs> yeah. right? And so the Times like, no, let's talk about what really yeah. happened and why. Right. Um. There's a another plug. Uh. Great. Great story, a great documentary. It was on Amazon Prime. It's not there anymore, but it was about New York mm. and how New York is so tied into American history. Mm -hmm. Slavery, riots, race riots, um, Me Too, women's suffrage. New York was pretty much in the middle of it, even all the way up until 2001 after, after, with 9-11. Um, and they talk in detail how some of all the highways, Bronx, um, Bronx, um, was it the Bronx Turnpike? Yeah, Bronx Turnpike was built through um, indigenous land, built through mm -hmm. uh, low low class and black homes. They, you know, eminent uh, domained it and mm -hmm. just moved all these people. Central Park, native land, yeah. black homes is, is Central Park and things like that. And they talk about it and they talk about it in detail. I thought it was very good, very well done. And the problem is people like Trump Oh, said his name. <laughs> Sorry. They hide under values, mm. values like Chris, these Christian values, like same-sex marriage and this, that, and the other. Well, say God, God, guns, and gays. gays. Is the, is, is, right. And it's very simple, very distilled, something that people... It's can, great marketing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. Make America great again. Yeah. I'm like, sign me up. Wait a minute. Right. It sounds great. It was better than uh, most people don't even know Joe Biden's campaign slogan. Do you even know it? Build back better. Build back better. Yeah, and right. and most people don't know it. Right. And not not great. I it's mean, not great, no. I, I kind of like it because uh, from a rehab standpoint too. Because when I'm talking to a, a, a human, uh, which I tend to talk more humans than than other things, uh, or androids or robots or Alexas. But anyway, when I talk to a human, um, <laughs> I say, you know, I want to build you back better because you're broken. Right. Um, and again, most people's bodies break down right. as they get older. So yeah, I like the term build back better for that sake, right. for the country as a presidential slogan. I mean, he won, so you know, that worked out, but but yeah, not the most marketable um, slogan. <laughs> Lexi. Anyway, Lexi, I think wanted me to end that rant. But, no, it's not the most marketable slogan, but what is under it is the substance that we're striving for as fellow Americans unlike make america great again which is like where did that come from one to me right two when you understand what their idea of great meant well that's that's the one thing anytime i would have a try to have a, a normal conversation with a 
Trump supporter. I said, well, what, what, when were we great? And again, uh, we had this on the, the men's group thing of uh, someone said it was like, yeah, in the 1950s, like that was, you know, after World War II, what have you. I'm like, oh, so when they were like, yeah, colored bathrooms and, and redlining, yeah. Jim Crow, um, again, women's rights. Mm. So, you know, when they really look at the studies about how much women were suffering in their marriages, emotionally, spiritually, uh, not spiritually, uh, sexually, all, all mentally, yeah. physically, that's, is that great? You know, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's those well, things. Right? And, and to what we were talking about a little bit earlier, I think, you know, whatever, you, and some people said, you know, uh, I think it was if uh, maybe was, was trying to say, oh, well, it actually has to do with 1880s and, and like, you know, went down this very deep rabbit hole. And I'm like, I don't think, I don't think, I think you're, you're, you're or maybe it was Greg, but anyway, uh, but yeah, the point is, and this is the big thing, again, when it came down to, uh, again, arguing about Trump, mm -hmm. uh, orange man, is, <laughs> is at the end of the day, the rhetoric, the, the energy in the country uh, every single day, uh, the platform on Twitter, uh, just everything in the news. He was, he was, he won, like, he built off of this, like, I'm going to rile stuff up. And again, I don't think I don't think it's debatable. Like you know, and again, I talked to Trump supporters, and and I'm you know, they're like, yeah, he says some stuff that like I don't agree with or whatever. I'm like, I need you to be more specific. Um, and it's like at the end of the day, again, it's it's there's just so much, and he likes playing that line. And and again, like you know, some people say he's an idiot, and and it's like I think he's actually he knows exactly what he's he knows, doing. I think, and, he knows and, and he knows how to push certain buttons. Yeah. Um, and he knows which people he wants to, you know, be on the side of and, and how to say things like make America great again, that, you know, speaks to those like, oh, yeah, back when we were a Christian white country, right. like, and again, like, maybe that's oversimplifying it. I don't know. But to no, me, no, I think it's perfectly simplified because that's, that's how he thinks. Yeah. And again, it's as if I was to tell you, Bo, you have to do it this way, because mm -hmm. if you don't do it this way, right. Your marriage is going to fail. Somebody's going to come in, steal your wife, take your dog and your house, and you're going to have nothing. Mm. And somehow the stakes were raised just enough to where you can say, as a supporter, I don't agree with everything he says, mm -hmm. but he's going to damn sure give me this right, right and make sure this happens because I believe in that. Right. And as long as I get that, everything else... Uh, you know, whatever, whatever else. Exactly. Yeah. And that's oh, he's just, just he's just joking or like, ah, that's not that's yeah. not my problem. That's locker room's not my problem. As long as I get this, yeah. everything else is not my problem. Right. That's the danger of it. Right. And then we end up in in Nazi-ville. Yeah. Which, by the way, has anybody ever seen um, *Man in the High Castle*? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, another phenomenon. That was based on a Philip K. Dick book. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a genius, by the way. Philip K. Dick or me. Yeah. For, for knowing that <laughs> um yeah he, he's written some really cool books uh anyone not familiar with him he also wrote uh do androids dream of electric sheep which is what uh, robot no blade runner okay yeah sorry blade runner blade right. runner and um, then, um i robot was one of his other and the three laws of no that was uh isaac asimov sorry and he got me going down the wrong class but he did he, whatever that concept for minority report was okay dick and Philip K. Dick, yes. Dick yes, yes, I think else. so. Yeah. Yeah, he's had a lot of great work. Anyway, Man in the High Castle, uh, for those not familiar, uh, and I think it's still on Amazon. I don't know. Yeah. I watched yeah. it a while ago, but 
basically told the story of if the uh, uh, Axis powers won the war. I was like, not the Allies. We were the Allies. We were the good guys. Um, but if the Axis powers, the Germans, the Nazis, uh, and the, the Japanese, Japanese won the war. And so they split up America uh, on the West Coast. Uh, is the Japanese territory. Colorado, ironically, where we are now, was kind of the neutral territory. Yeah. Um, free, the, the last like bastion of freedom. Right. Um, and then on the East Coast, and the majority of, of the country there was all Nazi territory. So really interesting. Um, I think at the end of the day, it was just super interesting from like science fiction, right. what if standpoint. Uh, I, I, having watched that series relatively recently, I will say they could have done a little better job of like some of the storylines and things like that. But at the end of the day, again, really, really um, interesting stuff. And uh, it just it keeps you on the edge of your seat. And again, um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on my wife here. Um, <laughs> and again, she won't watch this, so that's okay. Um, are we over an hour already? Oh just my, like that. just like that. I think I have a call I need to check in on so we might wrap this up oh maybe maybe if maybe that means i shouldn't you know tell the story about mom right. i'm gonna i'm gonna it is our three-year wedding anniversary so i will leave her out of it um thank you thank you very much um anyway any any other major thing you wanted to include before we uh, wrap it up well I, I will say this i am uh the direct ascendant of w.e.b the voice hmm. um and I did not know that. I am um, talking with a direct descendant of Booker T. Washington, and we are working. We have been working together. We've had a we've had a podcast as well together, and it looks like based on what we see now into for today, that both both men were on to something, and it'd be a joy to talk about that. Hey, thanks. It'd be a joy to talk about that um, with with her, um, and so yeah, that's what's going on with me. Um, this conversation for me is something I'm always passionate about. So it's not over for me. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'm never touching on racing. <laughs> It'll never come up in my life, for sure. But, um, but yeah, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm headed. Very cool. Very cool. No, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how that all goes. And yeah, I mean, again, this, uh, you know, as <laughs> it's, it again is, is tricky as a white guy to, to, you know, as a white person, not just a white guy. Uh, to, to, you know, find our way in this conversation. But it is a conversation that I think needs to happen. I think, you know, silence is violence somewhat. You know, it is like defund the police. You know, it has its meanings. And I think people interpret it maybe a little too extreme. So silence is violence does not mean that, like, in, in that Trump example of, like, oh, I'm just happy with my bank account. Y'all can be racist over there. Um, <laughs> versus, again, like, you know, it is that conversation of, like, what, what can I do? And, and, you know, if I can have this platform and, you know, if, uh, if, if whatever my numbers of viewers, uh, if somebody watched it. And I got, I've seen recently had uh, another friend who's a physical therapist. Uh, he was a radio show host. He has a really popular physical therapist podcast, very well produced. Uh, one day I'll, I'll get better at producing. And he has like segments and his whole theme is about drinking, which we were drinking, by the way. Uh, but somebody, uh, he posted on Twitter the other day, like, why, why is your physical therapy podcast talking about racism? He's like, I hope you're happy because you just lost the listener and everyone's like, okay, bye. Enjoy, <laughs> like, get out of here. But, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too, uh, I will say from the last four years, uh, maybe a silver lining is, you know, uh, yeah, that was an interesting thing of the whole thing of, of a lot of folks got somewhat exposed, if you want to call it that, of like, oh, like, again, I, I 
about a lot of people in my phone book. Um, some relatively close, some like a little more distant. And again, I was able to clean my Facebook, <laughs> you know, thing and be like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, again, you're over here talking about George Floyd was on drugs. Like, okay, cool. Like, I, you're not a person that I'm going to, you know, connect with. And like, that's just, again, a deal breaker for someone like me. And again, in terms of having conversations, like I said, uh, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I'm always open to. I know uh, you're always open to. It is finding those people who hopefully we can maybe, uh, you know, educate somewhat. And again, I do think that shows like the ones we're talking about right. in movies, um, hopefully slowly break down some of these things again. What, and it's fascinating for me for like people who went through the Holocaust or whose ancestors went through the Holocaust. Right. Um, like so, these are some of the most racist people against black people I've, I've ever seen or met. Right. And, and I'm like, but, right. yeah, it's like, do you not see the parallels? Like, yeah. you know, and, right. and, and, you know, it becomes like, it's not my problem kind of thing. Yeah. And, and again, I don't want to, again, overgeneralize stereotype because these are some of the, the, the slippery slopes that we're going down a little bit. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, uh, yeah, some of this stuff is, is just crazy. And again, I'm glad we solved racism here in this one hour chat. It's all, it's all done, folks. Sure. Let them know. Let them know. We'll see it on CNN. Uh, Dr. Bobo and Arthur McFarland have solved racism. No. I'm charging. <laughs> I'm charging by the hour, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. If only, if only, man. If only. Um, but again, that, you know, I appreciate you coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully see some of those projects coming up. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, this isn't something that I think is going away. I like to joke about the solving racism, but you know, it's it's unfortunately, yeah, it's something that it's, it's, it's deep, it's nuanced. Again, these conversations hopefully again move us forward somewhat. Um, I'm sure we could talk for another hour. Um, and there's tons of again references, movies, shows that that I think have laid out things in an interesting way. That again, like. Oh, like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to learn from that. Like, again, the, the Jojo Rabbit, like, that was one of my biggest takeaways is like, oh, yeah, like, that's how they portrayed Jews to right. Germans, like, and the kids. To German kids. To yeah. German kids. Yeah. And it's like, the kids are like, oh, yeah. And, you know, he meets a Jewish person. And Hitler knew if he could oh, yeah. just get the kid, just that one generation, if he could just last long enough to get those kids to adulthood, everything else would have fell into place. Germany would have been Nazi Germany for generations and yeah. generations and man in the high castle again like that really uh again I, it's, it's probably one i would rewatch just because there was so much deep stuff like i was following the storyline and again obviously there's a lot of like potent stuff there but um one thing i do and i don't know if you do this when i watch some of those shows like I, I i have to put i have to go find some of those podcasts that talk about it break it down or the youtube videos um you know uh, unfortunately man in the high castle i don't think was popular enough to get a lot of those um, <laughs> breakdown things are like Mr. Robot and, and right. uh, Westworld or whatever. Right. Um, and so, yeah, anyway, it, it's, it's some interesting stuff there, but, um, yeah, man, again, I hope, I hope we're moving in the right direction. I think we are, but we still got a long way to go right. as a country, as a, as a world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully again, we can keep breaking down some of these barriers with some of these little conversations, probably not even 1%. Uh, as I say, get 1% better, but, um, you know, anyway, we're going to call it a night. Pretty late here. I'm going to kick this guy out of my house just because it's late. It's late. It's, it's, it's just because it's late. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Peace.